Chapter 114 The ideal pendulum consists of a very thin wire which will not hinder bending and torsion of length L with a weight attached to its barycenter. For a sphere, the barycenter is the center. For the human body, it is a point 0.65 of the height measured from the feet. If the hanged man is 1.70 meters tall, his barycenter is located 1.10 meters from his feet, and the length L includes this distance. In other words, if the distance from the man's head to neck is 0.60 meters, the barycenter is 1.70 minus 1.10 equals 0.60 meters from his head, and 0.60 minus 0.30 equals 0.30 meters from the neck. The period of the pendulum discovered by Huygens is given by t times seconds equals 2 pi divided by the square root of g, the sum times the square root of l, where l is the length in meters, pi equals 3.1415927, and g equals 9.8 meters divided by seconds squared. This gives t equals the sum 2 times pi divided by the square root of 9.8 times the square root of L equals 2.00709 times the square root of L, or more or less T equals 2 times the square root of L. Note, T is independent of the weight of the hanged man. In God's eyes all men are equal. As for a double pendulum, one with two weights attached to the same wire, if you shift A, A oscillates, then after a while it stops and B will oscillate. If the paired weights are different, or if their pendulum lengths are different, the energy passes from one to the other, but the periods of these oscillations will not be equal. This difference of movement also occurs if, instead of beginning to make A oscillate freely by setting it in motion, you apply a force to the system already in motion. That is to say, if the wind blows in gusts on the hanged man in asynchronous fashion, after a while the hanged man will become motionless, and his gallows will oscillate as if its fulcrum were the hanged man. From a private letter of Mario Salvadori, Columbia University, 1984. Having nothing more to learn in that place, I took advantage of the melee to reach the statue of Gram. The pedestal was still open. I entered, went down by a narrow ladder, and found myself on a small landing illuminated by a light bulb, where a spiral stone staircase began. At the end of this I came to a dim passage with a higher vaulted ceiling. At first I didn't realize where I was, and couldn't identify the source of the rippling sound I heard. Then my eyes adjusted. I was in a sewer with a handrail that kept me from falling into the water, but not from inhaling an awesome stink, half chemical, half organic. At least something in our story was true. The sewers of Paris, of Colbert, Fantomas, Co. I followed the biggest conduit, deciding against the darker ones that branched off, and hoped that some sign would tell me where to end my subterranean flight. In any case, I was escaping— Far from the conservatoire, and compared to that kingdom of darkness, the Paris sewers were relief, freedom, clean air, light. I carried with me a single image, the hieroglyph traced in the choir by Belbo's corpse. What was that symbol? To what other symbol did it correspond? I couldn't figure it out. I know now it was a law of physics, but this knowledge only makes the phenomenon more symbolic. Here, now, in Belbo's country house, among his many notes, I found a letter from someone who— replying to a question of his, told him how a pendulum works, and how it would behave if a second weight were hung elsewhere along the length of its wire. So Belbo, God knows for how long, had been thinking of the pendulum as both a Sinai and a Calvary, 
He hadn't died as the victim of a plan of recent manufacture. He had prepared his death much earlier in his imagination, unaware that his imagination, more creative than he, was planning the reality of that death. Somehow, losing, Belbo had won. Or does he who devotes himself to this single way of winning then lose all? He loses all if he does not understand that the victory is a different victory. But on that Saturday evening I hadn't yet discovered this. I went along the tunnel, mindless, like Postel, perhaps lost in the same darkness, and suddenly I saw the sign. A brighter lamp attached to the wall showed me another ladder, temporary, leading to a wooden trapdoor. I tried it, and I found myself in a basement filled with empty bottles, then a corridor with two toilets, a little man on one door, a little woman on the other. I was in the world of the living. I stopped, breathless. Only then did I remember Lorenza. Now I was crying. But she was slipping away, leaving my bloodstream, as if she had never existed. I couldn't even see her face. In that world of the dead, she was the most dead. At the end of the corridor I came to another stairway, a door. I entered a smoky, evil-smelling place, a tavern, a bistro, an oriental bar, black waiters, sweating customers, greasy skewers, and mugs of beer. I appeared like an ordinary customer who had gone to urinate and returned. Nobody noticed me. Perhaps the man at the cash desk, seeing me arrive from the back, gave me an almost imperceptible signal, narrowing his eyes as if to say, Yes, I understand. Go ahead. I haven't seen a thing. 